0: And uh, I think the uh, Trudes and some others have had some illness this week. Anyway, I remembered to turn the recorder on this morning, so that's that's something. All right, well, everybody should have a handout here. And... uh, Turn with being your Bibles before we uh, before we get into Job 15, let's look at Matthew chapter 5. I've got the uh, opportunity to teach in our Bible Institute. It starts next Saturday morning, and I'll be teaching the book of Matthew. So uh, I started listening to it on audio just to uh, kind of start getting Matthew in my mind. And Matthew five, I think it's forty-five. Yeah, excuse me, uh, brother Emmett, would you care to read five forty-five of Matthew?
1: That you may be the children of your Father, which is in heaven. His Son divides on the evil and on the good, and so the grain on the
0: just and the unjust. So, uh, God makes His sun to rise on the evil and the good and He makes it to rain on the just and the unjust. That's I mean, that's just kind of a neat statement. But as we look at Job, uh, his friends are just so convinced that I mean they're they're just doubling down. I mean they're they're ready to throw down and start fighting, I guess, just that he has some hidden sin in his life. And here in Matthew 5, the sun rises on the good and the evil and the rain falls on the just and the unjust. And so these external circumstances are not necessarily caused by uh, some hidden sin in Job's life, and th- think, think about this for just a minute. Um, you know, there's this principle of sowing and reaping, and so, so they they are convinced that he has sown iniquity; therefore, he's reaping these consequences of sin of you know all this suffering because of sin. But uh, th- think about this in a way that's true. Job, has he was this righteous man that feared God. He offered sacrifices continually for his children. He's a good father, a good businessman. He's wealthy. He's this king. He's this prominent leader. And he's been so tight with the Lord that the Lord is honoring him by suffering. And that, that sounds weird to say that. But, you know, I talked about Joseph on Friday night. You know, Joseph was sold into slavery in Egypt. And Potiphar's wife wanted to have sex with him. She tried desperately. And his reward for resisting that temptation was he got put in jail. I mean, that it just seems like... But anyway, that was God's plan for him. And so he was rewarded by more suffering by getting victory over temptation and so, but God was orchestrating a bigger plan wasn't he and uh, you know I didn't say this on Friday night but uh, Brian had sent us a video uh, just from the last week or two of some Christians in India and uh, they were getting beaten for their faith and it was in the broad daylight and people were standing there and people were hitting them with sticks and till they fell and then they were hitting them with sticks while they were on the ground and I don't know if any of them died but you know there's people sitting around watching and it's just kind of out just like out here in the pasture and just this lady standing there and they're hitting her for her faith and I don't know what God's doing in that but probably there's not some hidden sin in her life right she's standing for her faith and she, you know Christ said they hated him they'll hate you and so anyway I guess I just each week I want us to think about this thing of suffering and just the facets of it and and how it affects you and I and uh, you know uh, I wasn't saved yet but you know I just remember every day was a sunny day when I was going broke farming. It was just like my crops were burning up and the sun was rising on the just and the unjust and it really wasn't any fault of my own that my crops burned up. But God was working that to bring me to Kansas City, you know, to uh, introduce me to Royal Slogan Bush, who I got saved with and we started a new life here. And, you know, that was... You know a difficult time, uh, but God used that to get me saved and you know we, we we know Job is a believer, he does not uh denounce his faith in God, he believes that he believes in God, he wants to talk to God, he wants to hear from God, and so here in job fifteen uh we see the next attack and I kind of marvel you know if I'm arguing with someone. I don't usually wait for them to finish, you know, I'll just jump in and tell my side, but these guys wait, I mean, they they talk, they talk for a long time, and the other person just listens, and and then the other person talks, and so it's a whole different format of arguing than maybe we would do, so Job 15 is all of uh, Eliphaz's words. And in some ways, he's right, but he, <clears throat> some of being right, he, he kind of misses the mark, and so we do well to step back and say, you know, the sun rises on the good and the evil, and the rain falls on the just and the unjust, and uh, we need to let God be God, and whatever, however he's working, we just need to uh, do our part in his, in his plan, so... Uh, Pam, would you read the first three verses of Job 15? Let's, let's go to Job 15 now if you're not there.
2: Then answered Eli this to Timonite, and said, Should a wise man utter vain knowledge, and fill his belly with the east wind? Should he reason with unprofitable talk, or with speeches wherewith he can do no good?
0: <clears throat> so th- those are even pretty Bold statements uh, he's accusing job <coughs> uh he he 's going to list out several things that he believes are sinful of job, and he's like right now you're you're uttering vain knowledge, your belly's filled with the east wind, and i can't remember the the fourth wind, but this east wind in the uh in the Middle East, it's got a name for it, and I had forgotten it till I was looking at this. Mm-hmm. Did, have you heard of that word, the Sirocco? No. Uh, so, you know, here in the United States, as we travel to Europe, we fight, we kind of go against the Gulf Stream, don't, or the Jet Stream. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it's called. And I think it's in South America, it's like El Nino. El Nino? El Nino. El Nino. It's a uh, kind of a yeah, the, the storm. stormy winds and, yeah. and. the other La Nina. Yeah. So even in Honduras. Yeah. Okay. And then, uh, <laughs> but in the. In the Near East, uh, Sirocco is is kind of the wind that they have not, uh, and and there's a fourth one I can't think of. So, in you know, several times in the Bible it talks about the four winds of the the angels stand on the four corners of the earth, and the four winds do this. It, it could be a reference to these things: this jet stream, the El Nino, and uh, Sirocco, and, and there's a fourth one these are strong kind of upper level high atmospheric winds because you know I think you can get back from Europe an hour quicker than it takes because when you're going over you're fighting the wind coming this way. you're fighting the, the wind <clears throat> and so anyway all that's taken into account by aviators but here uh, <clears throat> this east wind I gave you a couple of references on your handout But in Exodus 10, the plague of locusts was brought by the east wind. And in Exodus 14, the Red Sea was divided by this east wind. And God uses an east wind to help Jonah. I think it dried up the gourd that he was sitting under. And uh, even Christ's second coming is likened to the day of the east wind in Isaiah 27. So anyway, Eliaphaz's words, he's basically saying you're you're full of hot air, you're like this east wind that dries up and does these things, but anyway, it's kind of prophetic as he's speaking, so you can kind of cross-reference that little phrase, east wind, and he, he's saying, you know, your your talk is unprofitable, uh, your speeches can do no good. So again, all these are these are direct attacks by him. And so, uh, Sherry, why don't you read uh, four and five for us? Okay. Actually, read all the way through nine, four through nine. Oh
3: boy. Okay. Yeah. Yea, thou castest off fear and restrainest prayer before God for thy mouth. Utter thine iniquity, and thou choosest the tongue of the crafty. Thine own mouth condemneth thee, and not I, yea, thine own lips testify against thee. Art thou the first man that was born, or wast thou made before the hills? Hast thou heard the secret of God, and dost thou restrain wisdom to thyself? What knowest thou that we know not? What understandeth thou which is not
0: possessed? Yeah, yeah, he's so these accusations he, he's casting off fear, he's restraining prayer, he's uttering iniquity, he's using the tongue of the crafty, he's being guilty of the things that he spoke of, he's restraining wisdom, he's claiming superior knowledge. And uh so Eliphaz is really bringing some accusations here, and uh, the the verse I put there was just the Matthew twelve thirty four. Uh, Job has confessed to being a sinner, but Eliphaz thinks he's harboring sin. And of course, Matthew twelve thirty four is where out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. And uh, look, look back at Job nine for just a minute. Job 9 back a couple pages and verse 20. This is Job's words. He says in Job 9:20, if I justify my own if I justify myself, mine own mouth shall condemn me. If I say if I say I am perfect, it shall also prove me perverse. So he's saying that I'm not Trying to justify myself, I, I do have sin. If I if I say I don't have sin, then I'm I'm perverse, I'm crooked, I'm, I'm wrong. <clears throat> so anyway, uh, Job didn't didn't claim all these things that he's accusing him of. But uh, anyway, he's bringing it. Now look look at verse ten, uh, Jim. If you'll read verse ten.
4: Okay. <clears throat> With us are both the gray-headed and the very aged men, much elder
0: than my father. Now that that kind of indicates that Job's dad is still alive, and we wouldn't have. It's funny you mentioned your dad this morning, Jim, and how old he would have been. Is just. Uh, <clears throat> he, so he he he's saying. Uh, you know with us are the gray headed and some of uh, me and uh Emmett anyway we're the gray headed in here we uh <coughs> <coughs>
2: and
0: so i think what we were looking at if Job has 10 full-grown children, Job has to be approximately 50 probably for that to yeah. to be. Uh, may, maybe, as, maybe as old as 70 is what I put on your handout, 50 to 70. And so his father could have been around 100. So anyway, the, these men were similar to age as Job's dad, I think is what it's saying. So they're... They're trying to build up some cloud of why why Job should listen to them, <clears throat> and then uh, verse eleven, uh, Emmett. If you go back to you,
1: are the consolations of God small with thee? Is there any secret thing with thee?
0: Each week, I, I try to I go on I try to go on YouTube each week and listen to just a random sermon about the chapter I'm speaking on, just to see if I miss anything. And uh, I forget what was said about this consolations. I, I think I think he I think what he's saying is, you know, Job, if you get your heart right, if you stop claiming all this stuff. You'll be consoled. You'll be comforted by God if you do that, and so they're they're thinking it must be pretty small to you not to get right, so you can be consoled by the Lord. So I think that's kind of what He's saying there. And um, anyway, uh, Pam, can you do twelve
2: and thirteen? Why does heart carry thee away? And what do thine eyes wink at? that thou turnest thy spirit against God, and let us such words go out of thy mouth. Yeah, we're talking Proverbs or somewhere about winking.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, in fact, look, well, it may be that verse I've got there for you, the Proverbs 12, 6, or 6.12. Let's look at that together, Proverbs 6. Some of this is just pretty wise things that they're saying.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question for us. I mean, we can uh, analyze these questions. You
0: know. Yeah. Go, go ahead. What, what are you saying, Jim? Uh, I feel
4: like when he says, is our God's consolations small with these? You know, you are you taking God for granted?
0: Uh-huh. Are
4: you winking at sin that's around you?
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
4: are you just taking taking your relationship lightly. Yeah. That's kind of what they're
0: asking. Him. That is good that's real good well Pam since you brought that up why don't you read the Proverbs 6 12-14
2: uh, a naughty person a wicked man walketh with a forward mouth he winketh with his eyes and he speaks with his feet he teaches with his fingers Forwardness is in his heart and he devises mischief continually he soweth discourse
0: you know, uh, I had never thought of a, what a naughty person is. I mean, we, we say a naughty person would be... Flirty. Would be what? Flirty. You think so? Well,
2: it could be.
0: <laughs> Maybe. Um, the thing I read about that, uh, if something comes to nod, it's, it's like... It doesn't happen. It, so it's like vanity, a vain person. It's an empty thing. I think of naughty person doing something dirty or mischievous. So I guess I thought about that word wrong. Well,
2: it says worthless in my...
0: Okay. okay. Mm-hmm.
2: This King James Bible has a sinner.
0: Oh, that's me. probably pretty accurate then. Worthless yeah. is something that is of naught. It. It's... But but look what it says there verse twelve A wicked man walketh with a froward mouth. So the, it's like your mouth has feet, doesn't it? You walketh with a froward mouth. And then there's your verse thirteen, you wink with the eyes and you speak with your feet. Now what what do you think of that? You speak with your feet
4: you do. How does that, that go? It's a saying we have. It's not what you say, it's what you do.
0: Actions speak louder than, words. Speak
4: louder than words. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, that's what that's
0: uh, okay. Yeah.
4: You say, but your feet are showing what you do.
0: That's good. Uh, well then, right along with that, what does teach us with your fingers mean? That's,
4: that's a principle in, especially like uh, self-defense. If you're a clerk at a store, you always watch people's hands because that mm-hmm. that's the intent of what they're going to do huh. so uh, huh. always watching the hands is a
0: self-protection thing huh. <clears throat> so yeah so if your hands represent what, what you do then in essence you're teaching others mm-hmm. by, by the work that you do hmm yeah. <sighs> Because that wink with your eyes. You know we're we're coming to the end of our NFL football season, but <clears throat> oh, <darn>. you know <laughs> you didn't know that, did you? <laughs> Actually, I didn't. Uh, <clears throat> but you know, Patrick Mahomes is kind of famous for some of his trick plays and but there's been uh, more than once he's like throw the pass to a guy over here while he's looking there and so you know your eyes you can deceive people with your eyes and so that's what you're saying maybe watch the hands yeah watch the hands I
4: remember the game with the kids oh yeah last (laughs) week yeah it was a game we played same principle with
0: the kids so anyway um But at the end of that, it says, "Frowardness is in his heart, and he deviseth mischief continually. He soweth discord." So, this is the uh, worthless man, the naughty person, the one with the froward mouth, and frowardness is in his heart. Uh, Well, that that that's that Matthew twelve thirty four. Out of the abundance of the heart, if you got a froward heart your mouth's going to be froward and you know some people you can kind of fool people but if you're around it very long then you know it it bears out if you watch what they do and where they go it kind of bears it out alright back to Job 15 we're going to try to get through all these there's 35 verses here so verse 14 it said this before but what is man that he should be clean which is born of a woman that he should be righteous and I gave you some verses on your handout if you look at your handout it said something similar Job did in 14.4 who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean not one and then Bildad says the same thing in Job 25. How then can a man be justified with God? Or how can he be clean that is born of a woman? And then uh, the New Testament solution is therefore being justified by faith. That That's how we can be clean and justified. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Paul wrote that. I think that's uh, Romans... Uh, five one. I didn't. I didn't write the reference there. But all right, verses fifteen and sixteen. Uh, Emmett, let's let you uh, read those if you would.
1: Behold, he putth no trust in the saints. Yea, the heavens are not clean in his sight. How much more vulnerable <clears throat> and filthy is man?
0: Yeah. So, all these accusations here, uh, I think, you know, every time we point our finger at somebody, there's three pointing back at us. And so, Eliphaz probably needs to look at himself here, too, but he's saying that God doesn't put trust in his saints and in in the bible saints are uh, living people who are christians that's what you know paul wrote to the saints in ephesus the the saints of philippi he he wrote to them and so you know the the roman catholic would have you to believe that you know saints are people who have died and passed on and they Uh, have graduated to sainthood but in the Bible that's not so and he even says that the heavens are not clean in his sight and then he adds you know how much more so if that's true that God doesn't trust people who are uh, uh, saints or the heavens themselves are not clean how much more abominable is the filthy man it drinketh iniquity like water so it's pretty uh, thorough and so I gave you a couple reference here uh, from Job also it says uh, behold he put no trust in his servants and his angels he charged with folly those would be the fallen angels and he says Behold, even to the moon, and it shineth not, the stars are not pure in his sight. And we'll look at that a little more when we get there, but for now, let, let's look at uh, Revelation 12. I want to look at Revelation 12. Were you guys thinking something about drinking iniquity like water?
4: Yeah, I was afraid. Now, the Bible's so colorful.
0: Yeah, that's. A word picture. Yeah, just chugging, chugging down iniquity. <laughs> yeah, I used to do that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, we're going to look at Revelation 12 verses 7 through 9, and I want you to think about this. If we picture planet Earth and you know, the, uh, it's got a firmament around it, uh, this thing we call the atmosphere. But really it's the first heaven where the birds fly. <clears throat> and then this, uh, the sun and the moon and the stars. This is the second heaven And then as we read this let's, let, let's talk about this here in Revelation 12. Uh, but let, let me add to this I guess there's this third heaven where God is at. Sometimes it's it's called a mount zion the heavenly city of god and but you know we know that lucifer said that he will ascend the sides of the north and uh, sit on the throne of god but god was going to cast him down So, so when so when satan fell he was quarantined. He was kicked out of heaven. And now he walks up and down and to and fro in the earth. And now and look at this tribulation passage here. So, so these first and second heaven are, are not clean. Because it says that in Job. It said heavens, doesn't it? It's plural. Yeah, in Job 15.15, the heavens are not clean in His sight. So these two heavens are not clean. Uh, The abode of God is clean because He is too pure to look upon iniquity. And He is holy. And those seraphims are constantly around the throne crying, Holy, Holy, Holy. But look at Revelation 12.7. This says, And there was war in heaven and I believe that to be probably the second heaven, Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels. So these, these unclean angels and the dragon are fighting against Michael and, and God's angels. In verse 8, And prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven, And now look at verse 9. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And so the, the, the devil and his angels... they they're cast out of out of the second heaven. So originally in the fall they were cast out of the third heaven and here in the tribulation period they're being cast out of the second heaven. Doesn't it? That that's pretty uh kind of it's kind of wild to think about this war that goes on in heaven. And uh we'll talk a little more maybe when we get to uh, Job thirty eight and 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 we get to this uh, Job twenty five but I wanted to say at least that much this morning because you know Christ said that uh, that hell is prepared for the devil and his angels so that phrase comes up uh, more than once in scripture. And I put my teaching point there, that uh, kind of what I started out with this morning. uh, Job is reaping what he has sown, but not how we think. Because Job was a servant of the Lord and upright and just and feared God, he was allowed to be attacked by the devil. So that was my little fill-in-the-blank, allowed. You don't. We don't think of that as being a privilege, but uh, I commented how it was so with with Joseph that he trusted God and was faithful to the Lord, and so he kind of rewarded him with going to jail for his faith. But it was uh, part of a bigger plan. So. That was the first 16 verses of Job chapter 5. Let's go back to Job chapter 5. Is there any other comments about this first section? I think I'm going to get a drink of water too, Jim. All right. Well, who, uh, Pam, are we going to read verse 17, or did you read last?
3: Okay. I will celebrate,
2: and that which I have seen I will declare. This wise men have told from their father, and have not hid it, unto whom alone the earth was given, and no stranger passed among them.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's fine. So we have said that Eliphaz bases a lot of his uh, counsel on his experiences, and here he 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 says that which I have seen. I, I want you to hear, you know, I'm this aged, gray-haired man. You need to listen to me because of my life's experiences, and this is what I've seen, it's what I've heard, and now I'm going to tell it to you. And then he mentions these fathers, and it, it was kind of wild, uh, just some of the reading I read this week, where it, it's... Uh, He's saying that there's wise men have told from their fathers and have hid it not. And we talked about how they they could have talked to people who have talked to Shem, right? And so, that, that's why I put on your handout. Uh, this wisdom which he saw and heard from wise men, which was told to them by their fathers, unto whom the earth was given. These wise men could have been, you know, the Shem, Ham, and Japheth, the sons of Noah. And in verse... Nineteen, it says, unto whom alone the earth was given. That that's uh, that is probably a reference to Noah himself. Remember, as he got off the ark, he was told to be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. He he was given dominion over it, and then Noah was given information from the wise son of Adam. And Adam was someone else who the earth was given; he was given dominion over everything and to be fruitful, uh, multiply and replenish the earth uh, and to subdue it and uh, and then I just added that uh, Romans ten seventeen it says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God so he heard these things from wise men, and he uh, internalized it, and he had faith that these wise men have told him things, and he's telling others, and uh, so that's his source of faith is from hearing from these wise men, and so hopefully that's true with each of us. Hopefully, just being here this morning, your faith is being—we uh, are reading and talking about this wise man Job and uh, his friends uh, from. The word of God, and hopefully, it's developing our faith. You know, uh, whenever the, they were getting ready to go into the promised land, you remember uh, Joshua sent a couple spies uh, to uh, Rahab to Jericho, and uh, she, she says something. Rahab says something. She says, We have heard about your God and how he delivered you out of the. Yeah. what she heard developed this and so she protect. she like God is with you guys I'm going to help you because my. she had heard and it entered into her heart and you know that, that's what uh, Mary said when the angel told her you're going to have this child Jesus it said she pondered these things in her heart she, she heard the angel of the Lord it developed her faith and so she's going to protect this child at all cost and that's why her and Joseph go down into Egypt because they don't want Herod to slay. So anyway, uh, as we hear the word of God, it should develop our faith, shouldn't it? And uh, so anyway, we uh, we hear so many things that distract and take away from our faith. And so anyway, this is uh, one area where. I think Eliphaz is spot on. He's like, I've heard some wise men who talk to their fathers who unto whom the earth was given. It's like, we're going all the way back to Adam and Noah here. And uh, we, we can develop our faith from that. And then in verse 20, uh, this kind of supersedes Job here. He says the wicked man travaileth with pain all his days and the number of years is hidden to the oppressor. And in 2 Thessalonians 2.8 it talks about that wicked and this is a reference none other than the Antichrist, right? Because he says the wicked man He didn't just say a wicked man. He says, the wicked man travaileth, and the number of years is hidden to the oppressor. Now, I don't know if the oppressor, so the wicked, the oppressor, that could be just another name for uh, the wicked, the Antichrist. It could be directly about the devil, but... uh, you know, Jesus said no man knows the day or the hour, doesn't it? And and even here um I I put in my Bible, this was before I even looked at this, just Satan doesn't know how long I'll live. <laughs> you know, there, there's things that are you know, we think of the devil as being, you know, so wise or all knowing, but there's a lot of things hidden from him. Oh, yeah. And he doesn't know the wisdom of the Lord. I mean, he's just all about kill, steal, and destroy. <clears throat> so uh, anyway, I thought this was kind of comforting that the number of year, The devil doesn't know when Jesus will return. He doesn't know a lot of things. <clears throat> they're, they're hidden to him. Uh, any thoughts or comments? Well,
4: that's, uh, you know, even the whole Bible is like a big chess game. Hmm. God will move, the devil tries to stop it. And I, I think he thinks he's mm-hmm. really successful, but you know, he never is, of course. Mm-hmm. Just with all the stories in the Old Testament, it's a chess game. Yes. Playing with Judas, and Judas sells him. But then uh, makes an end figures it out another way, or or
0: the
4: yeah. Jeconiah being cursed, no one's going to sit on the throne. I bet the devil thought, now I got it. <laughs> yeah, David can't do it. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, but, yeah.
0: he yeah he's always after that promised seed, and uh, yeah, they're just even a lot of a lot of things about that in the Bible. It is, it is it's really neat. So yeah, I'm glad we're on the winning side because I can't figure it out either. I mean, I, I think sometimes I know what the Lord's doing and and I don't. And so uh, we, I think it's, uh, you know, the the tribe of Issachar, they were men of understanding who knew the times, something like that. And so uh, anyway, we, we should be uh, students of, of the word and so the Lord can uh, trust us more. <clears throat> Alright, uh, verse 21. Uh, Sherry, would you read 21, 15,
3: 21? A dreadful sound is in his ears, and in, in prosperity the destroyer shall come upon him. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So this is... I, mean, I think life, is saying, you know, Job's a wicked man. No wonder you're in pain all your days, uh, and this dreadful sound mm-hmm. in prosperity. So, yeah. prosperity, the destroyer, shall come upon him. Uh, I mean,
4: that's a pretty cool principle, you know. Like and just with us, when we're prosperous, we. We think your things are fine, but now the clouds are rumbling. It's, coming, uh-huh. you know, and it's. Yeah. You think
0: of there. Yeah.
4: It sounds in his ears. Huh. He's been prosperous, but it's over.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are. I think the thing I was reading just even about the tribulation period. That uh, a or. The star that it, it can be translated the destroyer. It, it, that's what that word means. Apollyon is destroyer. Anyway, uh, verse 22 and 23. Jim, why don't you read those?
4: He believeth not that he shall return out of darkness, and he is waiting for the sword. He wandereth abroad for bread, saying, Where is it? He knoweth that the day of darkness is ready at his hand.
0: Tribulation. Yeah. So this, look at Amos. I thought this was a good cross reference. If we can find the Book of Amos here, is that your guy, Jim? Guy. The suspenders guy. Yeah, Carhartts. Carhartts. Let's look at uh, Amos, Joel Amos, five eighteen, because it, it talks about a lot of darkness here. Five eighteen of Amos. And I'll go ahead and give you the uh, blank there. It's a reference to the day of the Lord, this day of darkness. So Amos 5.18 Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord. To what end is it for you? The day of the Lord is darkness and not light. As if a man did flee from a lion and a bear met him or went into the house and leaned upon, or leaned his hand on the wall, and a serpent bit him. Shall not the day of the Lord be darkness and not light, even very dark, and no brightness in it? So uh, that's what I just had you put, uh, the day of the Lord in your blank there. It's, it's a reference to the day of the Lord, His coming <coughs> being... Uh, Dark, and we we know uh, in the tribulation period that uh, the sky will be darkened and the stars fall, and just a lot of uh, cosmic activity. And again, that's kind of a reference to this uh, because angels are likened to stars. So, anyway, this trouble and anguish uh, 24 and 25, uh, back to you, Emmett, of Job 15 24 and 25. Uh right judge? No. Oh, not to me. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Go back to Job.
1: Trouble and angry shall make him afraid. They shall prevail against him as the king ready to the battle. For he stretches out his hand against God and strengtheneth himself against the
3: Almighty.
0: So this trouble and anguish, it's a reference to uh, Job directly, but uh, in the, the tri- tribulation period, it's a time of ja- uh, Jacob's trouble. And uh, But um, my notes here just says, uh, Christ and his armies will prevail against him, but uh, the Antichrist stretcheth out his hand against God... And so that's verse 25. He stretches out of his hand against God. It says almost the exact same thing there in Daniel and Zechariah. And uh, verse
2: 26, uh, Pam. He runs upon him, even, not his, even on his neck, upon the thick bosses of his buckler.
0: Yeah, I think the bosses was like just kind of the studs of how they fasten the arm piece onto the shield, the bosses. But uh, you know, in the old times, a king when they defeated their enemy, they would put their foot on their neck, and that that would be that they they have conquered this person. And so it's a reference to you know the Genesis three fifteen where the the seed of the woman shall bruise uh, uh, his, his head, but uh, the seed of the woman will uh, how does it say it? His foot shall bruise his head, and and he'll bruise his heel. Anyway, it's it's about that uh, neck and head thing, and then. Uh, verse 27 uh, Sherry back to you
3: okay. because he covered his face with his fatness and maketh collabs of fat on his flanks.
0: yeah so <clears throat> you know Emmett if, if if you sell your corn for a good price you know they'll pay you a fat check we, we say things like that you know somebody got a, a fat check or it uh, means it's, it's a prosperous thing. And so fatness is oftentimes related to wealth. And so the Antichrist does that. He uh, is wealthy and famous and it makes comments of that. And then, uh, Jim, I'm glad you're back in here for this because the Judges 3.20 is where uh, Eglon was this fat king. Oh, it's one of my favorites. And your guy, is it Ehud?
4: Ehud and Eglon,
0: yeah. Ehud. Uh, so he stabbed the guy and and uh, his belly kind of swallowed up the knife. and He couldn't pull it back out. Yeah. And then dirt came out. And dirt came yeah. Stuck him. He stuck you <laughs> So Antichrist is described as being uh, fat here. Uh, may, maybe physically but certainly uh, in earthly uh, uncertain riches. And then uh, verse 28, uh, G.M. fifteen twenty-eight. if you want to read that.
4: And he dwelleth in desolate cities and in houses which no man inhabiteth, which are ready to become heaps.
0: So that we studied that in Jeremiah that Babylon would become desolate and no one would be dwelling there at some point and so all of this is very prophetical and I guess in essence he's saying that about Job that you know his children's houses are smashed they They've been robbed, they've been uh, plundered, and no man's dwelling there. So, in essence, there, uh, Job's time, some things became desolate. And then uh, 29, uh, Emmet. He
1: shall not be rich, neither shall he, his substance continue, neither shall he alone. Therefore, upon the earth.
0: Uh, read one more, too.
1: He shall not depart out of the darkness, the flames shall dry up his branches, and by the breath of his mouth shall he go away.
0: I like to hear you read Emmett because it, it, I mean, you go slow and he makes us th- focus on every word. So, but I, I put the word flame in your blank just so. Job is not only a, a type of Israel in the tribulation; he's a type of the lost in hell, and I think it was. wanted to give you a verse yeah I put it on there Proverbs 13 32 let's all look at that someone taught me this verse one time and it meant a lot to me so let's see if you like it too. Proverbs 13 32 and I'll show you the way I Nope, that's not that's there's not thirty two is there? What did I do wrong there? It's it's twenty two. Proverbs thirteen, twenty two, a good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. And we, we can kind of relate to you know, a grandpa leaving his grandchildren. Some money or inheritance, but this wealth of the sinners laid up for the just. you know uh, I want you to think millennium on this. think about uh, you know I think Bill and Melinda Gates got a divorce, I think, and Jeff Bezos and his wife got a divorce. And uh, but I mean, both of these folks are worth several billion dollars, and to my knowledge, they're not saved. You know, where is their wealth eventually going to end up? It says right here that the wealth of the sinner sinner is laid up for the just. You know, the in the Gospels it, it teaches. I think it's uh, I think it's Luke fifteen where uh, that the person that's given you know the the ten talents he says I'm going to give you ten cities or something like that I think in the millennium because you know that's what Revelation 20 says that we're going to rule and reign with Christ if we get some of these riches that you know the Bill Gates and the Jeff Bezos have accumulated and uh you know we're going to rule and reign we will we'll be over these cities and and inherit their wealth won't we so it it's really a wild thing to think about and uh, that's that's not why we serve the lord we serve him because he's worthy and we are going to cast our crowns at his feet but uh there is An inheritance waiting, and we can't take it with us, but we can lay it up ahead of us, can't we? And uh, and Paul wants to uh, present these churches uh, uh, perfect to the Lord. He wants them to be pure, like the uh, chaste virgin. And so, uh, anyway, it's just a lot about inheritance there. And when I read that there in Job. That the rich neither shall his substance continue uh, you know that their their riches they're not going to take it with them, but it's going to be laid up for the just <clears throat> all right uh, verse thirty one through thirty three uh, back to sherry.
3: Okay let not him that is deceived trust in vanity for vanity shall be his recompense it shall be accomplished before his time and his branch shall not be green he shall take he shall shake off his unripe grape as the vine and shall cast off his flower as the olive
0: yeah so the, these are judgments that Eliphaz is predicting that uh, he's trusting in vanity so that's what he's going to reap His vanity he's going to be unfruitful he's going to cast off his flower it's not going to uh, be fruitful and then uh, these last two verses here 34 and 5 Jim
4: for the congregation of hypocrites shall be desolate and fire shall consume the tabernacle of bribery they conceive mischief and bring forth vanity, and their belly prepareth deceit.
0: Yeah, so uh, this thing about hypocrites, you know, it said it in chapter 13, 13, 16, Job was talking, and he says, He also shall be my salvation, for an hypocrite shall not come before him. And so there's this congregation of hypocrites. I suppose it would be like, you know, Pharisees who kind of knew the law but they didn't know the God of the law, and they knew about the Bible but they didn't know the Bible. And uh, so n- nobody likes that. And I think it's in Ezekiel. There's there's a chapter where it says a lot about hypocrites, and they're going to go down to the pit and so anyway we we all need to you know look uh per se at, at the person in the mirror and need to uh serve the Lord with a, a pure heart and uh you know that, that's what they said about Jesus that there was no guile found in his mouth and I like that uh, you know uh I don't usually promote other classes here, but I I was listening to uh, Jason McGuire in his series, his marriage series he did on Saturday nights, and my wife and I listened to those, and I think of Jason like that. He kind of is he is what he looks like. He's not hypocritical. He just is who he is. And it's refreshing when you run into people that there's no hidden agenda. It's just, you know, uh, there's a certain uh, pureness of heart. And so... uh, Anyway, I like that, but my teaching point here is that Eliphaz misses the mark with his words to Job, but they resonate with truth about the Antichrist and those who are, I put the word deceived because it says uh, at the very last word of verse 35, their belly prepareth deceit. I don't know about you, but I I hate to be tricked. I hate to be deceived. I don't know if you guys. I mean, whether it's a car deal or you buy a lemon, or even if you uh, you're tempted to do something wrong and you do it, there's that gotcha feeling. It's like, man, the devil tricked me into doing this again, and Lord, I'm sorry. And so. Uh, the belly prepareth deceit there it says and bringeth forth vanity and so we need to I'm trying to think what my oh I think my reference is there is that uh, the devil is called the deceiver I think in both of those uh, cross references there but let me hold up here uh, any, any other thoughts or Discussion before we close off today. Anything stick out that you wanted to mention? we got a couple more minutes.
4: Good chapter. It's got a lot of, Yeah, you know, I love seeing all the key words for end times
0: mm-hmm. and stuff. That's how, yeah. how we learn. What were you going to say, Chuck? Oh, can okay.
4: Take me home.
0: Oh yeah, I think I can. I think I can. Yeah, just the word trouble and uh, it's darkness. Reverse.
4: Yeah, that's really cool. Hmm. That's how we learn from scripture, knowing what the end. Yeah. What, what it's going to be like. Okay.
0: I really tried to picture. You know, these things are four thousand years old or so here, or three thousand seven hundred maybe. They're really prophesying things. I mean, we're 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 reading things 30 some hundred years ago, but it's talking about things that could happen in the next year or two, doesn't it? Yeah. This darkness and things things that are. So yeah, we we're kind of looking through the glass darkly now, but these things help us to see. It's becoming more clear. Anyway, uh, next week you're in for a treat Brother Jim's teaching about a treat. So um, Just so you know My uh, my son's going to be Preaching down in Dayton, Missouri And so we're going to go down there And listen to him And meet the believers there So uh, It's a good little break, hopefully you enjoyed What are you going to teach about next week, do you know?
4: Yeah, I thought it the other day I'm going to teach on uh, Let me give a teaser here Okay. One of the most controversial misunderstood passages Wow. in the book of Judges.
0: One of the most controversial misunderstood passages from the book of Judges. That's next week. That is intriguing. you got to tune in. So if you're listening online, thank you for joining us. We're going to pray and be dismissed, but uh, you won't want to miss Jim's message next week. And uh, hopefully you can record it. <coughs> and uh, I'll I'll catch up with it myself so let's pray we will be dismissed